Hey, hey, welcome to the weekly HODL with Shibs, where I bring you weekly Bitcoin adoption news and interviews from experts in the space. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about network exponential growth signals that are happening just this week, uh, critical Bitcoin ETF updates that we have, and some positive nation state adoption news. And we'll also touch on some stats from the fiat world. Uh, that would lead people down the route of studying more about Bitcoin. Uh, but keep curious, keep stacking, and please uh, like, share, and subscribe to this channel. I appreciate your support. Uh, if you want to communicate with me, leave some comments below. Uh, but let's get into it. All right, so the first statistic that I wanted to cover was the hash rate. We are at a new all-time high with the hash rate in Bitcoin. We're over 400 exahash. Um, and for those people that don't know, um, the hash rate uh, is basically the amount of uh, computer mining uh, that's going on there, the Bitcoin mining and it uh, secures the Bitcoin network. Um, so the security in the network has never been higher. Um, so even though the price has kind of been lagging uh, the last couple of years here, we see that the conviction uh, and the, the capital going into, um, you know, vying for that next block's rewards uh, is higher than it's ever been. Dylan LeClaire posted uh, an awesome graph here that shows that just 11.69% of the Bitcoin circulating supply has changed hands over the last three months. It's an all-time low. So supply is historically constrained in the hands of long-term oriented hodlers like you and me. Uh, and so all that is needed now is some sort of macro catalyst spark uh, and we'll talk about one of those sparks that's here on the horizon. Um, but all it needs is a little bit of uh, incoming purchasing uh, to set the Bitcoin price on fire. Another big all-time high for Bitcoin is the payments network. The Lightning Network um, has now grown over 1,200% in the last two years. Um, so this is the payments network portion of Bitcoin uh, that allows for nearly free and instantaneous uh, payments, uh, permissionless payments across the world. Um, it's pretty awesome. And then not only that, um, but look at the amount of companies that are building infrastructure and use cases and wallets on Bitcoin. So what's important to me about this, uh, this piece here is, you know, companies are putting their capital into building this world that is uh, running beside the existing financial uh, system. So we're building the off ramps uh, for those people who uh, are struggling and looking for, for different opportunities for fair finance. Um, all of this is getting built. So when this transition needs to take place, uh, the under, you know, the underpinning infrastructure will be there uh, for people to, um, you know, get loans if they need to get loans, um, have quick access to purchase Bitcoin, have easy ways to transact with vendors 
Um, so all of the plumbing is basically getting built now. Uh, and this is awesome to see. That catalyst spark that we spoke about before um, because of Bitcoin not moving hands um, could be the Bitcoin ETF. So this week was a big week. Um, the SEC chairman Gensler had um, until the end of the week, until the end of Friday, uh, to appeal the judgment on the GBTC case um, for making GBTC a Bitcoin ETF. Um, we saw earlier in the week, Kathy Wood's ARK Investments filed for the spot ETF, uh, making an update to their change. And it's officially Saturday morning and we did not get an appeal from the SEC. So I believe we have about seven days or so for GBTC to start beginning their process to changing to an ETF. We'll see how quickly they move or if there's any news that comes in the meantime. Um, but everybody is speculating that there is billions and billions of dollars sitting on the sidelines uh, waiting for the ability to come into a, B, uh, a Bitcoin ETF. You know, there's pension funds, you know, holdings and insurance companies. Um, there's plenty of money uh, that, that can allocate, you know, even if it's 1%, 2%, 3%, um, it would be a massive uh, boost to uh, the Bitcoin price because the market cap on Bitcoin is still only about $500 billion. Um, it's small peas compared to what's moving around the existing system. So not only did uh, Kathy Wood's ARC make a change to their ETF filing, but we see also Invesco uh, made a change. And this all comes after fund managers uh, were able to speak with the SEC behind doors um, to try to come to some sort of solution um, for making these uh, a viable investment means. So something would lead us to believe uh, that we're getting closer and closer to this Bitcoin ETF. Um, I am no expert on this matter, but it just seems like all arrows are pointing to an approval. Uh, and once one is approved, all of the rest will be approved. It'll be interesting in my eyes to see who gets uh, the first run at the approval because we know that the, the first Bitcoin ETF is typically the one that sees the most of the inflows. On the nation state adoption side, um, we had Bitcoin Amsterdam going on from Bitcoin Magazine this week. Um, and Madeira's president announced that they are launching a Bitcoin business hub to foster local innovation. And their president also came out and said that anything Bitcoin related, he wants uh, and welcomes in his country. Um, and so, you know, this is something that all Bitcoiners kind of had on their bingo card, which is the game theory of trying to get Bitcoin and Bitcoin builders into the country once these countries see, you know, the power of this uh, free and open source tool. Um, so now we've got um, Madeira basically reaching out to people and incentivizing them to come to their country. El Salvador, uh, the original Bitcoin country, uh, has been doing it, providing, you know, tax incentives to come, uh, providing citizenship for Bitcoiners for a fee that want to come in and build. Um, and so it feels good to be wanted, I feel like, as a Bitcoiner. I don't know how you feel. Let me know how you feel. But um, it feels good to, to have a skill set and a knowledge and a hope 
Uh, and all these people know that if you're bringing Bitcoiners in, Bitcoiners know the meaning of production and the need for to produce uh, more than you spend or more than you consume. And those are the type of people that these countries want. In other nation state adoption news, um, with only 10 days left before the presidential vote, pro-Bitcoin president candidate Javier is now surging ahead in the polls. He looks like he's carrying 75% of the votes. So unless something totally wacky uh, goes on here, we would expect to have a Bitcoin president. Uh, and he describes himself as a libertarian. He seems like a pretty no-nonsense guy with some strong opinions. Um, I don't know very much about him, so I don't want to necessarily uh, cheer him on. But uh, he knows what good hard money is uh, and the benefits that it would provide to his people, um, you know, in, in a country that has a currency that's devaluing at an incredible rate. Um, so we'll see how that happens. But more and more, it will become politically popular to be a Bitcoiner. So we want to keep uh, or, or to be pro Bitcoin. So we want to keep our eyes out to make sure uh, who actually understands Bitcoin versus uh, who's LARPing just because uh, it, it's a silly mistake to be against Bitcoin. And in the existing fiat system, uh, the recent job reports uncovered a record breaking number. So we got new all time highs uh, in, in the fiat system, and, and that is a breaking number of people working two full time jobs uh, to try to keep up. Uh, it seems to indicate that an increase in the number of families are struggling to keep up with the inflation rates. And we had inflation numbers come out this week, and I believe they came in slightly above targets. We're still uh, above 3.5% uh, with CPI in inflation. And so as we know, and you know, you might feel it even more when you go to the grocery store, um, but there's still uh, there's still work to be done there. But uh, it seems like an impossible task on behalf of the Fed uh, with the amount of debt that we have in the system uh, and the deficits that we're running as a country. James Lavish is uh, one of the best resources for uh, communicating very complex financial topics in a simple way. Um, but he makes a point here. Um, there were some treasury auctions that took place uh, in the United States this week, and the 30-year UST auction was just short of abysmal, he says, with a 3.7 basis point tail and dealers left holding the bag with over 18% of the $20 billion float. So this means that they were not able to uh, appropriately sell all these treasuries. Um, and, and as we've seen, you know, treasury and bond yields increase uh, and, and people's holdings in those bonds, uh, the value of those decrease, um, we continue to see that, that people are not interested uh, as they have been for the last 40 years in buying U.S. debt. Um, and he says that stubborn CPI plus an awful auction equals continued pain trade in long bonds. Uh, and yes, uh, massive deficits matter. Um, the deficits matter and the debt matter. Uh, and these are all reasons why why people will need to look to an alternative system because this existing one, um, you know, if you're trying to do what's best for your family, at a minimum, you need to hedge uh, against some of this, this counterparty risk of 
um, spending more than we uh, make or tax. And finally, just to show another little pain point that I saw that shocked me uh, was that uh, Fidelity 401k hardship withdrawals, uh, that rate has now hit an, a record high. This means that more and more people um, are, are taking penalties uh, to take money out of their 401ks to pay for life expenses, whether that be paying your mortgage, paying your rent, paying for your food. Um, and so this is horrible, right? Because we, we already know that, uh, you know, pensions are, are underfunded. Social Security, which is, you know, completely underfunded and supposed to be out of money by 2035 or something like that. So the personal retirement savings is now getting raked over to pay for today's expenses. So what does this mean for the future? You know, um, so all of these are reasons, you know, and this is all stems from a devaluing, uh, a devaluing currency, a currency that allows others to steal from it. Uh, and, and as people begin to study Bitcoin, they realize that you don't have to hold the money that people can steal from um, and that countries can devalue. Uh, by making poor decisions. Uh, you can own a money that is free and open uh, and that you can hold on your person um, and that you can self-custody um, that doesn't have these properties that lead to, um, you know, needing a second job, that lead to, uh, you know, pensions being underfunded, that lead to um, taking out massive loans uh, because it behooves you at low interest rates uh, to basically go short the currency. Um, you have a currency that holds its value over time and actually increases in purchasing power over time as things become uh, more abundant. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, for me, it seems like everything leads to Bitcoin. Uh, I'm open to hearing why perhaps it doesn't, um, but all good news this week. Um, and as always, Thank you for watching. Again, please share and subscribe. I've got some awesome interviews coming in November uh, and I'm excited to share them with you. I've also got a tutorial on building a Bitcoin mining heater that can not only mine you some Bitcoin, but it'll keep some of uh, the areas of your house warm. Um, it's kind of a cool thing uh, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. Um, so thanks again for watching. We'll see you soon.